Well, good morning, everybody, and it's so great that you are able to tune in uh, this morning to hear the Word of God. And uh, I hope and pray that, that this Word will encourage you and uplift you and strengthen your faith as you continue to seek God. Amen. So uh, I want to title it uh, this morning is Living Outside the Bubble. You know, we've been talking a lot about bubbles with the COVID-19, talking about staying in your bubbles and uh, not going outside your bubbles, meeting people outside your bubble. And uh, so I thought this whole bubble thing, so and I felt uh, to title my message, Living Outside the Bubble. You can still be in your bubble, but how can you live outside the bubble? Because often when we have these sort of bubbles, or living within your uh, family confinement, you know, it's brought restrictions, it brought certain limitations. And uh, so biblically, I wanted to teach uh, this morning of how uh, Apostle Paul lived outside his bubble, yet he was still confined in the, uh, uh, in the space uh, that he was in which is basically a prison. While he was in prison, he wrote a lot of epistles. He wrote a lot of uh, letters encouraging churches. And those letters actually are now part of the, uh, the New Testament that still, even till today, they speak to us. Amen. So, um, so I trust that this will help you and bless you this morning. Amen. So uh, life is a gift. Amen. So life is a gift and... Uh, uh, we didn't earn it, but God has given us this life and we, he, he wants us and desires us that we live this life uh, to its um, maximum uh, capacity, really, making most of our life on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, uh, life matters to God. Our life, your life, my life matters to God. And um, your dreams and hopes matter to God. So God really loves us, amen. And so our lives matter to Jesus Christ. And um, your destiny and purpose in Christ are too great, amen. Often we think that we, we, we limit ourselves, we restrict ourselves uh, because of how we perceive ourselves uh, about ourselves. So, so we're in from if you look at our lives of how God sees, how what the Bible teaches us about our lives, all of a sudden it, you, you realize that actually to God our lives matter, our dreams matter, our, the purpose of our life matters to God. Amen. And so, you know, if you think that you can fulfill your dream in your own strength, I think the dream is a small dream. Because God's put this big dream in us and it's not, uh, it can't, I don't think it can be fulfilled uh, by just uh, uh, one individual, but it, it, it can be fulfilled by having God with us and also um, having people with us and, and, and working with people around us because the more the people, the more the unity, the greater the impact. Amen. So the, the dream, the, the purposes of God for you and I are way bigger than we can ever fathom. But the way we can accomplish that is by uh, partnering with God and also with uh, fellow believers. Amen. So God has designed us and called us to be world changers. That's the desire of God. See, he died for us, died for you and me on the cross, and he made a way for us to enter into the throne room of God, 
Yes, that's wonderful, but he also sees you and I as world changers. And often we don't see ourselves as world changers, but God sees us as world changers because according to God, you and I are the masterpiece. Amen. You and I are the masterpiece of God. And so, um, so in, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our limitations, in the midst of our restrictions, it's, it's those uh, small steps of faith that will help us to actually uh, start um, stepping out and, and, and seeing God come through as we take those small steps and then see the influence that your life and my life can have on other people. Amen. So we are to rise up and get going. We are to rise up and get going because it's so important for us to rise up and get going. 2020, a lot of people, uh, you know, and a lot of us, we've had the start, we had the stops, we started again, we stopped again. So there's a lot of uh, limitations, a lot of restrictions, a lot of uh, start and stops. But, you know, it's time for us to really rise up. And the time that God has given us, the days that we have, that we rise up and start and get going once again. Amen. Because every day is a gift from God. Every minute is a gift from God. And God wants us to use it uh, to live our lives to, with our families, to enjoy, to celebrate, to, to make the most of this life, but primarily to bring glory and honor to Him with our life. Amen. So, so there is no greater time uh, and need than today to share the gospel. Because I've been saying this, there are so many people that got so many answers, sorry, questions. But I believe that this is a time for you and I who know Christ. If you don't know Christ, let me tell you, Jesus is your heavenly father. He died for you and he loves you and he wants you to accept you as his savior. Amen. And your life will be transformed. And so for us that know Christ, um, you know, this is our time to really be ready because I believe things are going to change quite dramatically. Uh, there's, going to, uh, uh, there's going to be a lot of changes and uh, some are unfamiliar to us, some are familiar to us, but we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready to see, look for opportunities, look for those divine uh, uh, appointments of when and where and with who we can actually uh, share the good news about Jesus Christ and share this hope and life-giving word of God to people that we encounter. Today in our society, we don't need more new uh, uh, formulas. What we need in our society, in our community, is people carrying hope, people carrying that peace and that confidence that comes from Christ. And God, I believe, God wants to use you and I as the carriers, as a vessel that will glorify His name, as a vessel of expression of hope and joy in our communities, in our families, and wherever we go. Amen. So, how do we live outside the bubble? How, how can we make the most of our lives and how do we make our lives count in certain restrictions? And as I said earlier, we're going to look at Paul's life and uh, look at how he managed to impact, how he managed to redeem his time, how he managed to keep his eyes on God, how he managed to keep his spirit alive, how he managed to keep that blessed hope, how he managed to influence and impact while he was still in prison. And 
we're talking about a prison where there was no lim uh, there was a lot of limitation, a lot of restrictions, uh, and uh, he didn't have internet, he didn't have Instagram, he didn't have Facebook, no social media. Yet Paul was very influential in his time and uh, day because of his eyes were fixed on God. So we want to learn a few, um, uh, I suppose, some, some points from here, from Paul, that we can use in our life today in how we can be a blessing and, and uh, 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 an influence on people uh, within our restrictions. Amen. So, you know, Paul understood. The first thing is that uh, uh, Paul um, understood that he is not a prisoner of um, a Roman prisoner. He was not a Roman prisoner, even though he was, but he was a prisoner uh, uh, of Christ. And uh, that was the main thing that, I mean, and he writes that in his letters too, in his, uh, in his letters to the churches, where he says, I, Paul, the prisoner of Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul was not really, uh, Paul didn't let uh, the confined space or the restrictions or the limitations that were put upon him to limit him, to, to, to uh, um, uh, limit the impact that he wanted to have. But he understood that he was not the prisoner of a, a Roman uh, government, uh, but he was a prisoner of uh, something and someone bigger than the government, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. And he knew that he was a prisoner of the Lord. And he says that in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 1, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. He's saying, I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Th that means that who has control over me is Jesus Christ. Who has the right over my life is Jesus Christ. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, he says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, walk worthy of the calling. He's saying, I beseech you to walk, I urge you, I, I, I request you, to walk worthy of your calling. And he's saying these thing, things as a prisoner while he was in a prison cell, saying, I am not a prisoner of Rome. I am a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In some letters he starts, I, Paul, a born servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we able to say that today? That firstly, for us to impact we got to recognize that we are born servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, God calls us sons and daughters, and that's a most privileged place to be in. Paul understood that truth, but Paul also understood the truth about being a born servant of the Lord Jesus Christ and being a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means a prisoner doesn't have freedom. A prisoner doesn't have the liberty to do what he or she wants to do. A prisoner doesn't have the freedom to uh, live the life the, the, the way they want to live. So a prisoner um, is controlled. A prisoner, uh, a prisoner is um, uh, 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 restricted in many ways. And I think Paul understood that, that his freedom is not 
him being outside the prison, but his freedom is that, that he has a God who loves him and he has submitted his life and he has given up his will for the will of God and now he is so boldly able to declare, I, Paul, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, in other words, it's not my will, but let your will be done. And we also know who said that, it's Jesus. Jesus said, Lord, to the Father, he said, not my will, but let your will be done. So it's, it's not, Paul was not discouraged, I don't think so. Paul was not um, uh, living, living a life of a defeatist, uh, but, but he, he had a hope. He had a hope in the physical realm, even though they, they, they chained him and they put him in prison, but in his spirit, he was free. Amen. And so that's something that we want to look at. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, uh, Paul writes, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Amen. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. So Paul is so uh, sure that he is not a prisoner of the government. He is not the prisoner of the oppression that people put upon him. He is not the prisoner of whatever stuff that he went through back in the day. But he is the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. What a great place to be in. Because let me tell you this, that in Jesus, Paul knew that he is not a slave. He is a son. He knew, Paul knew, that he is not uh, being punished by God. But Paul recognized that it was a privilege and a plan and a purpose of God for Paul to be in the prison, yet continue to uh, finish the work that God wants him to finish. So, during his time in prison, his purpose in prison, uh, he, he recognized his purpose in, in the prison, and his bubble and his restrictions, and he had a purpose. And the purpose was to continue to present the gospel, to share the gospel, and to uh, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul did. He wrote letters to the, uh, to the churches uh, that we read in Ephesians, uh, Philippians, and uh, uh, he, he wrote letters to them and encouraging them uh, to press on into God. Uh, I got a quote from Nelson Mandela because I, I was looking at you know, some of the quote, quotes from Nelson Mandela because I was thinking, who else carried that sort of a hope in the midst of a dire situation, a bleak situation, uh, uh, being imprisoned, and who carried that sort of a hope for their uh, 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 in this instance, Nelson Mandela carried that hope for his nation, South Africa. So I've, I want to quote a few scriptures, uh, sorry, a few quotes from him. Uh, he says, What counts is not the mere fact that we have lived, it is what difference we made to the lives of others that will determine the significance of the life we lead. Isn't that powerful? That our lives, it's, it, it, our lives matter not just because we basically just mere uh, lives that we lived where we uh, looked after ourselves, our focus was us, just me, my family, my comfort, my what I want. No. 
He's saying that, I love this quote, he's saying it is what difference we have made to the lives of others that will determine the significance of the life we lead. Your life and my life is made by God to live a life of significance. I'm not talking about a significance that the world offers. I'm talking about the significance from a biblical context. That your life is significant when you are actually making a difference in someone's life. You are living your life for the sake of other people. That you are living life outside your own little bubble. My bubble is my wife, my children. But my heart, my life, my passion is not just for my, my family. I want to live for other people. I want my life to count and to be significant in the kingdom of God. Amen. I don't want to be known as somebody that works from 9 to 5 who's managed to uh, buy a house, uh, have a car, have a wife, have three children and mow the lawns on the weekend and um, enjoy life on the weekend, live happily ever after. No, I think that life is good but it's quite boring to me. I think my life, I get energized, I get uh, uh, excited when I see people's lives being transformed that I me God is using me to contribute to impart to input in and impact other people's lives so Paul was very clear and he and Nelson Mandela is saying that so we're going to look at my first point is the right heart attitude right heart attitude Paul had a right heart attitude and uh, he, while he was in prison, he had a right attitude. Let's look at Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12. But I want you to know, brothers, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Isn't that wonderful? He's in prison writing letters and he's saying, what happened to me? Uh, it's, it's actually about the gospel. It's extending the kingdom of God. It's furthering the, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he could, have, he could have written, oh, the, the, the prison's very bad, uh, the stones are cold, there's no pillow, there's no bed, there's, uh, uh, the sanitation's pretty bad, and um, it's, the living conditions are horrible, uh, I don't see the daylight, it's miserable. He could have written those kind of letters, and if he did write them, I don't think we would be talking about those letters today. But what Paul wrote, because he, said he had a right heart attitude, and that's why he's saying, I want you to know, brothers, sisters, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. You know, I don't know if you've heard this saying, but it says that uh, your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude determines your altitude. And I think Paul's attitude in the prison was still about having the right heart and the right place to be in his heart. Yes, he was confined to a space, but in his heart, he was right with God. He was dreaming big. He was praying big. He was crying out for the churches. He was crying out for individuals. His heart was big. Yes, physically they restricted him, but in his heart, he, they couldn't restrict him. And so his heart attitude was right with God. And today it is so important for you and I to have a right, right heart attitude. Amen. We need to have a right heart attitude uh, for God. 
Because God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. During our confinement, during our restrictions, we got to carry the same sort of attitude Paul carried. You know, during a long time sickness, during a lack, during restrictions, we must choose to have a right heart attitude as Paul did. Instead of kind of going, God, what are you doing with my life? We could have looked at it because God actually knows what he's doing. So we are called to have a right attitude. Don't judge or limit God's promise by your current situation. Don't judge God's promise or limit God's promise by your current situation and circumstances. We look at Abraham and Sarah. You know, they restricted because of their uh, current state of body, their bodies, they were getting old. And they said, how can the promise be fulfilled? We look at, um, in the Bible, how God's promises came to pass with Moses. While the children of Israel were in Egypt, you can't, you go, how can God rescue us? How can God bring us out? How can God provide? How can God bring a breakthrough? God's promises never change. So we got to hold on to that promise because he was able to breathe into Sarah and make her uh, fertile to have a baby. Isn't that wonderful? God is a God of possibilities. Amen. For what is impossible to man is possible with God. Hallelujah. So we are to keep our eyes fixed on God and a hard attitude right for God. I have the privilege to talk to people and sometimes I talk to people and people are angry at God. My friend, I want to encourage you. You being angry at God doesn't really achieve anything. And also, God understands your pain. God understands your disappointments. But in the midst of all that, just go back to God. Cry out to God. Say, God, I need you. I want to keep the right heart. I want to keep a heart that is soft for you and for your word and for your people. Amen. Having that thankful heart can really uh, help us in our day-to-day -day life. Because when you're hiding under the word of God, it makes you thankful. Amen. So our heart, heart attitude has to be right. Allow God to have his way in your life. Paul knew that he needed to allow God to have his way in his life. And also why he was actually going into prison. And we look at it in Acts chapter 20 and verses 20 to 24. Acts chapter 21 and verse 13. That Paul knew that there was a reason why he had to go uh, to, to go into the prison. Because God was going to use him there. I mean we know the stories. Paul and Silas in prison worshipping God. Paul and Silas uh, singing and then an earthquake uh, struck. And then the, 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 the guard, the guard uh, uh, gave his heart to God because of what uh, he experienced and how Paul led him to the Lord. Paul used every circumstances to further the kingdom of God, to live a life that will testify the name of God. Amen. He always looked 
for divine appointments. Do you know what? In your restrictions and your bubbles and in your limitations and in your lack, always look for those divine opportunities, those divine uh, uh, appointments where you're able to add life to someone else's life, add hope into someone else's heart, add, add uh, joy into someone else's uh, spirit. Because that's important. And more importantly is to share the beautiful uh, love story and the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ with someone. Amen. Paul knew that. You know, uh, John Bunyan, uh, an English writer, a preacher, best remembered for his uh, uh, book that he wrote called The Pilgrim's Progress, written in 1677. He was imprisoned. He wrote that while he was in prison, uh, I think. And, uh, but uh, he, he had a different outlook while he was in prison. And he said, uh, uh, while I was in prison, he said, uh, it, it, is as a, it was a time to write, to reach many for Christ. And he did through the book. So he, he saw that as an opportunity to write. He saw that as an opportunity to connect with God. And even after all these years, we still talk about this book, The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. So isn't that wonderful that he had a different outlook while he was in prison? Number two, break out of limitations. Break out of your limitation. You know, how can I break out of my limitation? Paul set his mind on God's ultimate purpose. He knew his purpose was to preach, to teach, and live a life that will make it count for the glory of God. Amen. So we are to break out of our limitation. We can't limit ourselves. And actually today we are not in prison as, as, as in a physical realm. But sometimes we allow ourselves in emotionally, in our own mindset, in how we think, we uh, allow ourselves to be a prisoner to, to fear, uh, a prisoner to anxiety. To a prisoner to, to, uh, to being a victim of circumstances. And I want to encourage you, break out of the limitations. Yes, there are limitations that are around us. Maybe today for you, a limitation is uh, financial. Maybe a limitation is relationships. Maybe a limitation is not walking in full health. And maybe a limitation of um, not having the freedom that you wanted or not having the energy that you had once before or not having the passion that you had once before. But I'm uh, encouraging you today to really break out of that limitation and move past that and keep your eyes on God and carry on with the vision that God has placed in your life and the purpose that God has placed in your heart and break out of the limitation. Fix your eyes on God. Reset your mind. Reset the course. Reset your vision and run for God. Amen. Nelson Mandela, again one of his quotes, he said, action without vision is only passing time. Vision without action is merely uh, daydreaming. But vision with action can change the world. Isn't that wonderful? So we need the vision and we need the action. So let's reset our mind. 
Let's break those limitations. I don't know what's holding you back today. I want you to think about what is it that's holding you back today. Break that limitation. And how can you break that limitation? It's not in your own strength, but with the word of God. The truth of the word of God. With the help of Jesus Christ and his word and his spirit, we can break the limitation of anxiety, fear, insecurity, all those things that hold us back and walk in the freedom that Christ has designed for you and I. Amen. That's the life God wants us to live. So it's time for us to break that limitation. For some, it might be really, literally a physical limitation, your health. But what you have, Paul had a pen, he used a pen. John Bunyan had a pen, he used a pen. You, what can you use while you're in your limitations? What can you use to glorify God? Amen. Your struggles does not bring a mindset of, um, uh, shouldn't bring a mindset of, uh, of somebody that is um, a victim. But in our struggles, we are to have a mindset to go, it is well with my soul and my God is in control. Amen. That's a hope we are to carry. You know, the limitations for us, having churches being shut down and um, restrictions to 10 people, that was difficult. But we had to learn, uh, quickly adapt on how we can do church and work out ways where we can continue to uh, enrich and encourage and support people with the Word of God, prayer, and other ways we can support people. So we got to learn these things. Number three, reach out to others in your restriction. Or reach out to others, you know, in your, in your uh, confinements. Reach out to others in your um, limitations. Because you've got to reach out to others in your restriction. Paul discipled others while he was in prison. He did not, did not allow his restrictions to stop the work he was called to do. He trained other people. He used other people while he was in prison to uh, enrich and encourage and strengthen the church, but also to, uh, to uh, proclaim and declare the love of Jesus Christ. Paul writes in, uh, once again in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 14, and he says, And most of the brothers in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Isn't that what a great statement that most of the brothers that he was working with at the conference um, uh, by my chain are much more bold to speak the word without fear. We need, during this time of restrictions, limitations, uncertainty, we need that boldness. We need that courage. We need that confidence. We need that conviction in our heart to preach and to love and to share the word of God uh, like never before. Look for opportunities. Look for ways where you can pre uh, uh, present the word of God. You, you can share the word of God with people around you. He sent uh, an, an, an envoy 
He sent Timothy. He sent uh, Titus on behalf of him and to preach the word of God. And who can you train? Who can you uh, mentor? Who can you model your life with that you can bring up and invest and impart into their lives in your busy schedule or in your limitations? Your life matters to God and he died for you so you can live for him and not to be distracted by what's happening in our lives but to keep the main thing, the main thing. And I want to encourage you. Look, Paul's life here, Paul was able to multiply. Paul was able to uh, train. Paul was able to equip. Paul was able to reach out. Paul was able to uh, disciple people while he was in prison. And what can you do? Instead of focusing on the restrictions, focus on the impact that God wants you to have in your community, in your world. Amen. Paul multiplied after himself. He was a lover of Jesus Christ and he multiplied more lovers of Jesus Christ. Can you multiply that? If you're a lover of Jesus Christ, can you inject that life into other people? Can you model your life for other people? That people will look at your life and go, I want to live like that. I want my life to count for God's glory just like the way you live. That you are an inspiration. That you are a motivation. That you are uh, an example for people in times like this. That when they think about you, when they look at you, that their hearts are encouraged, their spirits are encouraged because they want to live the way you live because you live for Jesus Christ. Amen. We got so many things, so many opportunities uh, that are presenting before us right now in loving people, in sharing the word of God and living the gospel for his glory. Look around. There are people that are looking for answers. And the answer is Jesus. So as I conclude this morning, I want to remind you again, let's look at different ways on how we can live outside our bubble. That we don't restrict ourselves, but we use this time. Every time there was a persecution in the history of church, the church grew rapidly. And I believe that while there is a restriction on church, I believe that the church will grow rapidly because God is banking and trusting in you and me to share the message of hope with people around us. Amen. So as I pray this morning, I want to, I want, I want to encourage you to think about this plan, thought. Is my life making a difference? Am I making my life count for others? That I'm not worried about my restrictions, but I'm focused on the plan of God and the gift of life he's given me and I want to redeem it for his glory. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for our opportunity this morning that we can come together to hear your word, to look at Paul's life and how he managed to make a difference while he was in prison.
that he recognized that he was not a prisoner of Rome, but he was a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. That he set his eyes on you. He ha had a right heart attitude. And Lord, that he broke out of limitations. He didn't let those limitations restrict him, but he used them in furtherance of the gospel. And that he reached out to others, that he made his life count by reaching out to others. Lord, during this time of uncertainty and restrictions and limitations around us, help us to look out who we can reach out to. Help us to look out who we can uh, go and share the word. Who we can love, show the love of Jesus Christ to. God, we pray, use us, Lord, in times like this for the extension of your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.